0: My name is Sean Jordan. Welcome to the Adaptive Outdoorsman Podcast. Here we'll be discussing the history and legacy behind disabled hunters, trappers, anglers, and how they adapt and persevere in the woods, on the line, and on the water. Welcome everyone to the podcast. I'd like to introduce our guest tonight, Eric Allen. Born with spinal bifida and just born raised and growing up, having to deal with those issues, but trying to go out and teach people how to go and be inspired. Welcome to the show. Thanks
1: for having me, brother.
0: Thank you. Yeah, that was free form, it was not written out, which normally I have sort of an intro script written out, so you can tell where I'm at today. So, let's start with, obviously, the origin story, and you can spare whatever details you want, but how early did you start hunting, and if you want to get into the details, we can.
1: So, basically, I started hunting about 98, I believe it was, with Mm -hmm. uh, my father and a couple of his buddies, you know, uh, where I've got the Spina Bifta, and. For a lot of people, they don't know what Spina Bifta is. So with that being said, Spina Bifta affects the um, spinal cord. When mm-hmm. I was born, I had a sack on my lower back full of spinal nerves. They had to do a back closure. I have a VP shunt and I wear AFO leg braces. So... My, my legs being affected, I had bad balance issues, and lower back pain all the time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, I started hunting, you know, 98, like I said. Yeah. And back then, you know, we could take four wheelers and stuff on public land around here. So, it wasn't that big yeah. a deal. <laughs>
0: well... That's cool. When did they stop allowing four-wheelers?
1: Oh, that's probably the early 2000s, I believe.
0: Yeah. What did you do since then? What did you do to be able to get out afterwards?
1: I've hunted uh, a lot of public or uh, private land my whole life. Oh, yeah. I've got buddies that would uh, lease farms or their buddies had Mm -hmm. farms and they would take me. Yeah, but up until 2012, I hunted with my dad, and he knew all these guys that had land, and they would let us hunt. Yeah, we used four wheeler to get me around because I have a hard time walking long distances.
0: Yeah, Uh, well, at least you had something. Do you choose any of the new outdoor EV equipment? Uh, no. No. Do you think you might try it eventually, or is this just, you're going to stick with what you have?
1: Um, I'll probably just stick with what I can for now, you know.
2: Yeah.
1: We uh, leased a farm here in Kentucky, like 200 and some acres this year. And a buddy of mine's got a full wheeler, so... He rides me mm-hmm. into my blind all the time drops me off. And it's just like a 50-yard walk from the road to the blind.
0: Yeah. So you keep it very well maintained so that way you don't have to worry about broms or anything?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Um, I had another guy that I just met actually gave me a walking stick. Hmm. Up until then, I pretty much used my rifle, my crossbow, whatever, as a form of walking stick, I guess you could say.
0: Yeah. I know there's uh, several amounts of EV-style adaptive equipment that can be used nowadays. They got the terrain hopper, the track chair, they've got the coyote and i know i'm just preaching those things out the wazoo and back but those are the big ones and then there's uh, an up-and-comer called the exodar spider that's like a walmart scooter on crack (laughs) well like literally it's awesome
1: i'll be honest i've actually never heard of any of this stuff until lately
0: yeah yeah i know it's kind of different hearing about the stuff and knowing it's out there and how social media has helped grow that connection that people have developed for it yeah
1: that's a fact like that's the whole reason i even started recording my hunts with using the tacticam products and posting on social media was to be, get people more aware of spina bifida mm-hmm. and the issues that we face every day
0: yeah i know i have a friend of mine that lives up in michigan and i'm trying not to uh, mess it up because he has issues and i believe he was born with spinal bifida too but he's wheelchair bound i believe and so i i want to say sh- Shannon Cortman, I don't want to mess him up though because he'll be coming after me and talking to me about it afterwards if he finds out (laughs) if I messed it up but I want to say he has spinal bifida but yeah like you, he is out there recording his own stuff and it's awesome
1: right Um, this is actually my first year starting to record so it should get better from here on out
0: well, you're a lot better than me because I do not know how to record myself uh, out in the field. I d- don't think I have the confidence right yet.
1: <laughs> well, the uh, Tacticam products, the they have POV camera and yeah. they have all sorts of different mounts for them, which I'm a team member for them. Nice. And that's what I use. It, I mean, they've got all kinds of Clamp mounts, they go on your guns, shotgun mounts, pick mm. tiny rail mounts, all that good stuff. I like them.
0: Yeah. That's cool. Now, what type of weapon, what type of tools do you use to harvest uh, deer with or whatever else you hunt?
1: Well, I hunt about anything. From deer, right. turkey, squirrel, rabbit, you know, I'm pretty much complete outdoorsman. I do it all hunting and fishing, camping, nice. I love it all. Nice. But uh for deer, I've got a barnet crossbow with cocker, And I've got a Marlin thirty thirty rifle lever or uh yeah, lever action. That I've had... It was my very first gun, to be honest with you. And I still use it to this day.
0: I understand that.
1: And then for Turkey, I've got Mossberg 835 Ultimag. And uh, I've actually got my daddy's Mossberg 500... Which was the first gun that my mama had ever bought him. That I use for squirrel and rabbit.
0: I use for squirrel and rabbit, and I know this is a little weird. Ten twenty two Ruger. Sweet. No scope. You gotta be a good shot to do that, bro. Uh, it helps that I changed out the stock. Right. it's got a stock with a chi- shoulder rest on or the chin chin a cheek rest excuse me so that way i can get real well in those iron sights and boom but yeah i have uh the nelly supernova so and i got a couple of muzzle loaders.
1: yeah i've got a couple of muzzle loaders myself but i've not used them in probably 13 years
0: Yeah, my father-in-law, he stopped hunting due to health issues and gave me the muzzle loaders, and then I bought another one.
1: Well, see, like I said in the beginning, I hunted with my dad my whole life, and then 2012, my family was involved in a tornado that had actually killed both my parents. I broke uh, six ribs. Broke my nose right here. Mm.
2: Um,
1: And my right eye is fake. Hmm. So, I'm actually right-hand dominant. And because of this, because of losing my right eye, I had to learn to shoot left-handed. All over again.
0: No kidding. I know... My father-in-law, he's left-eye dominant, but he's right-handed. So he had to set everything up so he just look into it with his left eye. I've
1: actually got a younger right. cousin who's just like that.
0: Wow. Yeah, it's amazing the skills you acquire when you you're faced with a few more challenges that life likes to provide. Oh,
1: that's for sure.
0: Mm.
1: My biggest problem... You know, is my back issues, my leg issues, and balance.
0: Yeah. Now, do you use any bracing for your back to help out? No,
1: the only thing that I use is the AFO leg braces.
0: Yeah. And describe to me how the leg braces help out with the balance. Yeah, as a person who has balance issues I understand. okay so that they're needed
1: basically the uh, <clears throat> when I was born I didn't have any calf muscle
0: that one I definitely know I have yeah that issue I don't have calf muscle. yeah I,
1: I don't have any at all so the way the brace is made is it starts it supports the bottom of the feet comes up the leg mm-hmm. and then supports the front of the knee. And they're like a hard plastic. Yeah. And if you've ever watched the movie Forrest Gump, the things he has on his legs as a kid, basically the same pro- process. Mm-hmm. Just updated material.
0: Yeah. I know back when I was a kid in school, I had to use those. They were basically up to about just below the knee, kind of like wearing uh, about the height where muck boots are at. Yes. And I know a guy who lives out in Arizona, lives in Vegas, I believe. And he's got a set of those for him because he was born club feet. And those are specifically designed for running and everything because they can take the shock from, you know, the impact and allows for continuous movement. Right. They act like a calf muscle. I see you
1: uh, mentioned muck boots there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: With the AFOs that I wear, I cannot wear muck boots or any kind of rubber boot like that. Okay. Yeah, I can't get those where they do not bend or anything. I
2: mm-hmm.
0: cannot get them down into a muck boot you haven't tried any larger ones i have so they just don't go regardless you gotta use hiking boots i need
1: something that stretches you know like i can wear a zip-up boot Mm. or a
0: lace-up boot Hmm. well they got some zip-up muck boots these days don't they
1: not that i know of i mean Hmm. i've not looked at them in a long time
0: yeah, I know I was uh, recently talking with the Okayest Hunter podcast guys, and they were talking about how they have some mucks that are zip up on the side.
1: I might have to look into that. So,
0: yeah. I also, like I said, it's been a little bit, but I want to look into that too myself.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'd like to find me a pair of uh, waders that I could actually get into the
0: Mm -hmm. go
1: out trout fishing in some of the streams that we have here in kentucky
0: now i know there's a style of wader that actually wraps around the foot itself it's sort of like a small one yes and so it's basically wraps around your leg and then you put that inside of a Sort of like your boots actually inside that waterproof, I believe. I could be wrong.
1: Yeah, they actually do make something like that, but they don't actually make a waterproof boot that I can get my brace down into.
0: Yep, and you need the brace to do something like that.
1: I have to have the brace to be able to walk from here to the end of my living room or something, you know?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. That's understandable. Well, I would recommend renting out a coyote, man. Uh, buddy of mine down in Texas, he's uh, quadriplegic, and he has rent out the coyote outright. Well, actually, there's both of them. I think two of the three I mentioned before, the coyote and the terrain hopper, they can go. Their tires can be submerged in water, man, and you sit out there, and we'll. Wade in the river like that and fly fish all day long
1: yeah I've actually thought about getting trying to get into something like that but yeah. I've never just took the time to do the research
0: well I know there's a a lot of places that offer them or they can help out with financing or talk with uh, non-profits to get some help or what not yeah man So what type of, I know we're get, getting in, we got off topic a little bit, but when did you acquire the the braces and everything?
1: Um, I've actually had the braces since I was uh, probably two or three year old.
0: Yeah. Uh, Obviously not the same pair. No,
1: uh, <laughs> no. They, uh, about every three or four years I have to go get a new pair made. Yeah. But um actually they when my mom was pregnant and she found out that I had spina bifta, they actually told them that I would most likely be wheelchair bound. Yeah. <clears throat> and they would do exercises with me and mm-hmm. to build I guess to build my muscles up. And when I was about two-year-old, I actually learned to walk due to basketball, of all things.
0: Yeah. I learned how to walk because of my siblings.
1: (laughs) Well, for my birthday, they had bought me a basketball goal and would not go get the ball for me. They would
0: oh you had to go get it yourself. Yeah, they
1: would stand me up, make me go get it myself. So that's how
0: I learned to walk. You learn how to balance real fast. Oh, that's
1: for sure. Uh actually learned to balance on a bicycle due to riding a Yamaha 50 motorcycle.
0: Nice. Well, that's cool. So as of right now, I want to s- s- switch over to what's your most memorable time in the outdoors? What comes to mind for something that's awe-inspiringly fun? Um, my most memorable
1: memorable would probably be the first buck I ever killed. Which, If you're looking on the video, you can see that right there.
0: Uh, Yeah, he's showing me a set of antlers that he has put on his wall That first buck. What is that, about a 6 point?
1: That's an eight. Um, Eight? Nice. Yeah, uh, I was actually hunting out of a ladder stand, and my dad was about 30 yards behind me, I believe it was. And that buck come over the hill into a thicket. I turned around and got my dad's attention. He come over there and asked me what it was. I said, there's a buck went down there in that thicket down there. He said, well, get your gun ready. He said, I'm going to go run him mm-hmm. out to you. So he starts over that hill into that thicket himself. And there's a buck come running out. I hit the trigger on that old thirty thirty of mine, you know. and
2: mm-hmm. They,
1: uh... Didn't take the safety off. Ooh. Yeah, so all you hear is a click from the hammer not going and oh. mm-hmm. lucky for me, the buck that's on the wall here stopped dead still between two trees.
0: Ah, uh, the perfect line to say. <laughs> yeah,
1: so I pulled the hammer back on that 30-30 again. Took the safety off this time. And I fired on him. He ran probably 60 yards back up the hill and fell. My dad comes walking yep. over through there. He said, Man, did you get him? I said, Yeah, he's laying up here. He starts over through there to where I tell him it is. I probably wouldn't, 12, 13 year old at this point.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, he says, I don't see no blood. Are you sure you got him? I turned around, and looked at him. I said, "He's sit- He's laying right there. I'm looking at him.
2: Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's probably one of my most memorable hunts is the first buck I ever killed.
0: Yeah. How many years ago do you think that was?
1: Oh, Lord, I'm 33. uh, So about 20 years ago.
0: That's a a fun one.
1: Yeah. And then uh, we were, uh, back before I lost the eye, we were hunting fields down here in Kentucky. Mm -hmm. uh, Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
1: My balance issue came into effect on this one. We uh, were sitting, uh, I was sitting in a blind, kind of on a hillside, in a, one of them little fold-up chairs. I had a dog probably 20, 30 yards in front of me. Yeah. And I, I got up, I moved around, and I got on my knee, and I had one knee sitting on that little, uh, blind chair I had. Yep. So here I am full draw with a uh, Hoyt compound bow and I'm fixing to release this arrow on this dough and all of a sudden I lose the balance. I start flipping backwards down a hill. Oh. Full draw on this bow. I probably rode 10-20 foot before I stopped in, still laying inside the blind and everything.
0: That that's that's gotta be crazy. The
1: funny thing about it's when I finally came to a stop, I was still full draw on this bow. <laughs> I was still full, yeah, I was still holding draw, full draw, spinning
0: down a hill.
1: Rolling down backwards down a hill.
0: That is different
1: yeah my dad was probably a hundred yards behind me in a ladder stand open field and he never seen none of it
0: jeez yeah you you still managed to get the dough no she ran off well at least you didn't get too terribly injured did you no
1: i not a bit uh (sighs) You know, being with bad balance and stuff. You know, there's chances I will get injured, mm-hmm. but I've been lucky so far. Like, I'll be walking yeah. walking down through the woods, and start down a hill, and it'd be slick, and I'll just fall out of nowhere. And nice. Usually, I'll just, well, I, not really nice. I'll just get up and keep on going, man. I've got that willpower, you know, just to keep a hammering.
0: Yeah. Well, that's so. That's nice. Before it wasn't nice with falling down. That isn't nice, but be able to get back up and say, "Yep, that happened," and just move on forward.
1: That's my life, man. I was taught to never let my spine a bit for to stop me.
0: Yeah. Well, I can understand that pretty dang well. <laughs> so. Have you had any hunts or fishing trips or anything outside of your state?
1: Um, well, when I was younger, me and my dad and his buddies used to go down to Tennessee to Cherokee Lake
2: with
1: about mid April when the stripers would be running. Yeah. But a lot of my hunting experiences have been in Kentucky.
0: Yeah. Now, I know Kentucky has a elk population down there. Uh, It's huntable, I believe, isn't it? It's like a a once-in-a-lifetime tag? Um,
1: The elk draw in Kentucky is pretty much luck of the draw. It's $10
2: standard
1: of the draw, and then... If you are drawing, it's like a hundred dollars for the tag, depending on which animal you're taking.
0: Well, we—I know what what animal I'd be paying a hundred dollars for.
1: It'd have to be the bull. Mm-hmm. I've got a. Yep. I've got a buddy right now that uh, I think he drawed a elk uh, cow tag this year. Uh. I've put in for it several times, but. I've not been what
0: are the chances on that?
1: One in a million, I'm guessing.
0: <laughs> Do you have to be a resident or non resident supplier? It's
1: both. It's uh, there's so many resident, probably, so many non resident.
0: It's probably a little bit cheaper for residents. It is. Yeah, I know I was doing the conversion rate for not the conversion rate, comparing price tags for bundle packs for indiana's um deer season and wow it's like a two to three hundred dollar addition
1: yeah it's crazy
0: well somebody wants to come out to your state they're paying more that's
1: a fact i had plans on going to uh mississippi to do a wild boar hunt with a young lady i would met down there and that kind of fell through
0: for now so well. At least you got plans for it. Yeah. <laughs> any big game hunting out west or anything?
1: Um, I've had chances, you know, to go, but it costs so much to do anything like that.
0: Yeah. You try with any of the uh disabled uh, nonprofits, the dis the nonprofits?
1: Actually I don't know a whole lot of them. Being disabled myself, you'd think I'd know about all these, but I don't.
0: Well, I can uh, say either you're finding out about them real fast or you never even heard of them because you didn't think to look for them, which some people do. and other, like I didn't hear about them until I started doing the outdoor media section that I'm in. I didn't even realize they were part of it. I just hunted with what i had like you
1: yeah that's pretty much it man i i was raised you know to use what you got and go on you know Mm -hmm. that's the best i can do
0: yeah if you can't do it yourself oh well pretty much
1: um there is a a non-profit in texas that i do know about um disabled outdoorsman usa I have heard of them and actually talked with Wes Jenkins, I believe's his name, that owns it.
0: Yep. You think he' gonna help you out?
1: I have no no clue. It's been several years since I've talked to them.
0: Well, I know I've uh, talked to several individuals who worked or been with. disabled outdoorsman usa and they got nothing but kind praise for west so
1: yeah he he definitely seemed like a good good guy
0: yeah so what's the uh hunting temperatures at like for your state right now
1: uh right now i believe we're in uh in the 60s and most most of my uh Trail camera pictures that I'm getting uh, is, you know, nighttime nocturnal, nocturnal bucks. I'm getting a couple, Better one I'm getting. I'm getting a couple morning pictures of doe, uh, a couple mm-hmm. evening pictures. But it seems like every time we go to hunt, they never show up. I've actually got a decent little ten pointer on camera right now. That's and good. we believe he's got two kickers on his left side. We're not real sure from the pictures.
0: Wow. Yeah, I think I'm looking uh at one of them right now on your Instagram. Yes, sir. From like 2 days ago.
1: Yeah, that that's actually him. He uh is new to the camera, so
0: I I like the rack. It's a high and tight. He's got a nice crown on him. Yeah, he's definitely
1: going to be the target buck for the area.
0: Yeah. How do you th- how old do you think he is?
1: Um, from looking at him, I'd say he's probably two to three. Well,
0: that's a good age, some good meat on him. That's for sure. I'd say he's at least 75 pounds of meat.
1: Yeah, I figure about it in there. Um, we've also got, right. got a six-pointer. I don't know if you've seen him. He's—I call him Big Ugly because he's the biggest deer of the bunch. But he's only got uh,
2: three points. Three
1: points on one side, two points and a brow tine on the other.
0: Yeah, he's a—he's a, a-,
1: a wild-looking deer, man. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I had one of those last year I was looking at.
1: And then we got a decent eight pointer on camera. And that that's another thing for me this year. I started using the Tacticam uh reveal Gen two uh cell cameras. They make it a lot easier on me for not having to get into the woods and check SD cards all the mm-hmm. time.
0: Yeah, walking in and out, in and out. Yeah,
1: for sure.
0: Now, do you use a solar cell with yours? The what? Uh solar panel. No,
1: actually, I'm hunting hardwood, so the solar panel wouldn't get enough sunlight for mine, but I am using the uh, Tacticam lithium rechargeables. Well.
0: That's good. Yeah, I've, I'm just using.
1: I've had that rechargeable I, I, pack in there for, I think about a week or two, maybe three weeks now, and it's only used like ten percent battery. So they're they're yeah. lasting a lot longer than the alkaline batteries I was using.
0: Yeah, I know that. I'm switching out eight pack of batteries. Depending on how often it gets used Right
1: Well them uh, Tacticam reveals They last uh, They take 12 AA batteries So going with the rechargeable Made it a lot Cheaper on me Because I was going through 12 (laughs) batteries A week in that camera A A week. week I was
0: getting a lot of pictures Ooh I'm not that good, but I understand that we were using, we had switched up and used the trail cam for some security purposes and holy cow, did that battery just start
1: dropping. Oh yeah. My cousin, uh, another farm I can hunt here in Kentucky. I think he told me in two weeks, he had over 5,000 photos. Dang. Yeah. I'm jealous. We're in one of the lower zones for deer, but we're still getting a lot of pictures, you know.
0: Yeah. Now, are you in northern Kentucky or southern?
1: I'm actually right on the tip of southeastern and what they would consider south central. Hmm. So I'm kind of like almost right in the middle. At, at the oh, southern nice. part.
0: so you're closer to Tennessee then
1: uh I can be in Jellico, Tennessee in about 30 minutes
0: No, uh, definitely not anywhere near Louisville
1: <laughs> uh I stay away from Louisville man
0: <laughs> I went through traffic on, one time uh Way back in, I think, 2012. That was a nightmare. Oh, yes. And now I got a buddy of mine that goes there, well, every so often. And, yeah, he's like, yeah, I'm used to it. Yeah. uh,
1: There's a lot of traffic up around Lexington and Louisville here. So I try to stay out of them and stay down here in the smaller towns
0: yeah so any exciting hunts for upcoming well let me rephrase that what do you see in terms of big game hunting outside of your state within the next 5-10 years
1: man if I can get to where I can afford it I would love to go well, my number one thing, and which this ain't big game, is I want to go to Florida, Texas, and up around the Northwest. I want to complete the yeah. uh, Kentucky, or the Turkey Grand Slam. I want the Osceola, the Merriam, the Rio, Yeah. And then. You know, later on, if it permits, the gold's turkey also.
0: In Goulds turkey, which one is, I'm having issues thinking about today. Where are those? I think
1: those are around uh, New Mexico, Arizona area.
0: Yeah. Well, hopefully you can get that done. That sounds like a very fun challenge. Oh,
1: yeah. I've got a buddy that's completed it. Um, but you know, I would also like to go to Montana and hunt moose, Colorado to hunt elk, even though we have elk here, you can't get drawed for it. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: yeah, you gotta pay for a tag out there.
1: Another thing that I'm going to try to hunt this year is black bear. We have a good population of black bear in Kentucky.
0: We do not. It's kind of hilarious how Michigan, Illinois, I believe Ohio and Kentucky all have black bear. But Indiana doesn't.
1: Another uh, well, like I said, I was going to try to go to Mississippi and hunt wild hog too, but I think I'm going to find an outfitter down around Tennessee that's got them and just do it that way yeah
0: so I uh, just been looking up about Ohio's black bear population for real fast and yeah they only have about a hundred black bears so it's definitely not a huntable population
2: yeah <laughs>
1: Ours uh, our black bear population they started several years ago and uh, reintroducing them back into the eastern part of Kentucky. Yeah. And I think there's only so many that can be killed every year. And you have to, yeah. you have to uh call like every 24 hours to see if that limit has been reached.
0: Okay. No yeah, it's kind of crazy. How many black bears are allowed to be harvested every year?
1: Oh, right off,
0: I'm not sure. I know now is it
1: I know they have a weight limit. Uh you can't kill one under seventy five pounds. Yeah. I'm guessing that's a and cub. Usually,
0: yeah, or just a yearling yeah. that probably isn't isn't big enough to be worth anything. I know a lot of people over, overshoot their bears. Yeah, that's for sure. Like, oh, he was a 300 pounder, 175 pounds later.
1: A lot of people do that with and deer too.
0: Yeah, you think he's a giant and then reality is not so much. Last year I was hunting
1: on uh, private property out here in, in my uh, county and uh, actually killed one that... You know, I figured go 130s, 140s. People I've talked to saying yep. it's maybe 120, 130 at best. I'm still waiting on him to come back from the taxidermist.
0: You get a lot of meat off him?
1: I did. Um, actually, I've got a buddy up the road that split me on processing it. And so we split the meat, but he paid to have it all processed. I ended up with uh, more summer sausage and jerky than I could eat.
0: Well, that was a good gift.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I think I've still got two or three rolls from him in the freezer. And then, uh, gosh, I probably had 20 or 30 packs of burger on top of uh, eight or nine pounds of jerky after
0: did you try and oh sorry did you try and get any of the fat rendered out for bear fat no okay
1: i've never actually killed any bear this will be my first year Uh hunting bear
0: nice so your buddy really did give you a nice big bear for a gift
1: do what Uh we're talking deer I think you're muted.
0: I can't hear you. Yeah, sorry. I was thinking deer, bear meat and deer meat and I had to mix. I was confused up as heck then, apparently. (laughs) Yeah. We can chalk it off to a late 1 a.m. emergency room visit. I understand that. Yeah. Yeah, last night was fun. Get in there, wait for four hours to see a doctor and then get out.
1: I've spent my whole life in hospitals, so I know where you're coming from there.
0: ER visits and then leave and you only see them one time and they don't do jazz. Yeah,
1: that's for sure. I deal with a lot of uh, bowel and bladder issues due to the spinal bifida. Yeah. So I'm in and out of hospitals all the time.
0: Now they do anything surgical to try and fix that or not?
1: Um, They have. Like uh, when I was 13, they um, enlarged my bladder using a piece of my bowel. And then they done what they call the ACE procedure to help with the bowel issues. And basically what it was, they took my appendix and hooked it into my bowel and into Mm -hmm. the, the back of my belly button. And I would take like a little small tube and stick in there and flush water through it to uh mm-hmm. clean the bowel out. Wow. But due to the tornado in 2012, it ripped up some of my intestines. Ooh. So they had to go in, take all that back out. I've still got the enlarged bladder, but the ACE procedure's all gone, so I don't really have a whole lot of help with the uh, bowel
0: anymore. They'd have to do that. They'd have to do that again, pretty much, have another surgery. Well,
1: actually, I've talked to the doctor that done it, and he said there's been too much bowel taken out that they can't redo any of it.
0: Ooh. Yeah. So it's pretty much just deal with it and go from there.
1: Yeah, pretty much go on about life.
0: Now... Does that affect your hunting at all?
1: It does a lot. Um, actually, back in uh, spring turkey season, we were on our second trip out and probably wasn't there 20, 30 minutes. I called my buddy and was like, hey, you got to take me back to the house. My stomach is rolling. I've got to go. Ooh. Yeah. So he comes out well. and takes me back to the house and ends up going back to the woods with our other two buddies.
0: Yeah. And then comes and gets you later on afterwards? Or? No,
1: actually, I stayed at the house until the next hunting for it.
0: Yeah. Well, now, how often does... You're you saying that, how long do does your time out in the woods last on average?
1: Oh... Usually, I can hunt six o'clock in the morning till dark, but if I'm having issues out of the bow and stuff, I usually won't even hit the woods.
0: Yeah. So, pretty much a issue happening and flaring up is just random at best and usually just hunt the woods regardless. Huh? Yeah,
1: I've... I do what I can with it. You know, you got to make the best out of life.
0: Yeah, that's understandable. And,
1: like, since my dad's been gone, I've hunted with family pretty much Mm -hmm. for the last 11 years. And I'm hunting with two of my buddies this year. Well, three of my buddies, actually. Which, Mm -hmm. I grew up around two of them. And the other one, me and him hang out every day. That's good. So, they pretty much know my situation, and it don't bother none of them. Yeah. They understand what I comes understand. with
0: it. Yeah. Now, after the uh, tornado, how long did it take you to get back out in the woods?
1: Oh, let's see. The tornado happened March 2nd, 2012. I was on a walker and in a wheelchair for probably six months, which in that time, I can say my brother-in-law and my sister and my three nieces at the time. I've got more nieces and nephews now, but (laughs) they actually took me um, to the lake out here and we went fishing in a wheelchair my brother-in-law pretty much packed me down the hill in the wheelchair so I mean I've got a lot of support of family and friends you know mm-hmm. which I'm grateful for like dra- dragon deer and stuff out of the woods you know they'll mostly do it for me I do, nice. I do gut my own deer that is one thing I will do
0: Hey, you gotta do something to prove that you—it's uh, your deer. That's a fact. Yeah, there's something cathartic about being chest deep.
1: Oh, I love it. And I—I I know. I know this is going to sound crazy, but that first initial cut down the center of a deer—that smell that comes out of it—makes mm-hmm. me instantly hungry. I will starve to <laughs> death getting a deer. Uh,
0: me, I usually uh, wait a little bit before I start feeling hungry about that.
1: I, I don't know why. There's just something about it. I have always loved that smell and it will make me hungry.
0: <laughs> so, how many bucks and does have you harvested over the years?
1: Uh. Let's see. From well, I actually started hunting '98. I killed my first doe in 2002 when I was about 11. And yeah, I've killed probably 20, 22 bucks and does all together. Since then, Um, Hmm. I've killed this eight-pointer I've got on the wall, a six-pointer, several spikes. I've got the eight-pointer that's at the the taxidermist right now. I've harvested uh, two eastern turkeys, both of them nine and a half inch beards, oddly enough and um, shoot several squirrel and rabbit we go snake hunting and everything
0: I've never even heard of snake hunting
1: oh we do it just for fun
0: yeah Well, well at least you have something to do for fun out here I mean Usually, are you hunting for snakes? The poison, the venomous ones or non-venomous?
1: Uh, Usually the venomous ones, but we'll shoot them all. We don't like snakes around here.
0: Yeah. I think I got one to target my chicken coop.
1: <laughs> Man, I had one. There's a bird that will build a nest on my windowsill every year. I had a snake crawling down the window of my house like Three years ago. Now I had to go kill it.
0: Yeah. Well, at least you know you're uh, getting the population down. Yeah,
1: that's for sure.
0: Well, do you want to tell. Actually, not yet. I wanted to see what is your dream hunt? Your top dream hunt
1: oh lord uh, i've got several <laughs> I, like, i'd love to go hunt moose mm-hmm. uh elk mountain lion bear i want to do it all man
0: which one do you want to think that you have the possibility going for within the next five years if I Save up your money If
1: I could save up Magical. the money for it I would probably mm-hmm. go finish The Grand Slam for Turkey mm. That's because it's The cheapest
0: <laughs> So uh, Let's go with money's not an option The thing that you want to do Money's not an option The thing I'd want to do what, what game Species would you want to do You only got one tag To play with <laughs> As crazy as it sounds,
1: I'd like to go Montana moose hunting.
0: No, Alaska moose hunting? No,
1: I I can drive mm-hmm. to uh, to Montana. I can't drive to Alaska.
0: Oh, that's what they got the charter planes for. I don't
1: fly. <laughs> I've done enough oh. of that
0: in the tornado. <laughs> It's falling with style. Right. But not making light of any of that because tornadoes are not fun. Man,
1: honest to God, I I joke about it all the time.
0: Well, yeah, you got to. Yeah, I mean, what else
1: can you do? You can't say we're pussing around about it.
0: I mean it wasn't the vacuum, it was just really windy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> gotta make the light
0: of a bad situation. Right. What do you th- what did they classify that one as? E F two or E three, maybe four?
1: Um I believe I looked it up here a while back. I believe it was an EF
0: two. Hmm. So it was just wrong place, wrong time, sort of scenario.
1: There were uh Two of them on the ground at that time, and they literally mm. came together and split right at our property.
0: Ooh, so you got hit with two EF2s at the same time. Yeah. So might as well classify that as an EF4 for about five seconds. Pretty much. And that's all you need. Well, do you want to plug any social media?
1: Uh, yeah, that's fine. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok's all Eric's Outdoor. And yeah. I'm not really on YouTube or nothing like that right now. Eventually. Yeah, e- eventually <laughs> when I get more content filmed.
0: Yeah. Now, do you feel like filming your content has helped you grow as a hunter?
2: Um,
1: I don't know about that because I've not really had, to, had the chance right now to really film a whole lot. Mm. But I will say this, and I'm not trying to promote them or nothing, but being part of the Tacticam team that I am on, doing events for them has pushed me out there a little bit more
2: mm-hmm. along
1: with what I am doing on social media.
0: Well, that's good at least. Yeah. Getting out there, being more inspirational, hooking up with people like me.
1: Yeah. that That's really my biggest thing, man. I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be like, these girls out here, Macy Watkins, or uh, what's the other one I watch all the time, uh, Maggie Williams, Hannah Baron. you know, all these people getting famous doing this stuff. I'm not looking to do that. Yeah. If it happens, it happens. But my main goal with all this is spina bifida awareness and inspiring others to keep going.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's always the best thing to do really yeah that's for sure
1: my parents it's... always installed in me that i'm normal i don't have nothing wrong with me man just you know live life like it is and go on that yeah that's the mindset i've always had and the mindset i'll always keep
0: that's good Thank you for coming on and sharing your story, man. It's being an inspiration to other people and I hope that you achieve what you wanted out of uh, this experience and hopefully you get to have some of those dream hunts come true in the near future.
1: I appreciate you having me on here, man. Uh, Anytime.
0: Yeah. Well, it's been fun. Thank you for coming on and remember everybody. Stay adaptive.